ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. Hi, I'm Anna Ferris, and I have this podcast fittingly titled Anna Ferris is Unqualified, where each week a different celebrity and I attempt to give relationship and dating advice. Recent co-hosts have included Matthew McConaughey. You got somebody you care about, you lost track of them. Go find out. Margaret Cho. Vacation <laughs> sex is always irresistible. Gwyneth Paltrow. I could make it all about them and not have to focus on my own problems. <laughs> and Seth Rogen. <laughs> so if you're wondering what your favorite celebrity or I would do in your situation, just listen and subscribe to Anna Ferris is Unqualified. Free on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcast everywhere. Acast.com. Hello and welcome to the RadioTimes.com Doctor Who podcast. My name's Hugh. My name's Morgan. And this week we are delving into a Doctor Who universe. What? I hear you say that's what you do every week. You're always talking about Doctor Who. But yeah, this week we're talking about something specific. Um, which is sparked by something said by former Doctor Who showrunner Russell C. Davis. Uh, so obviously uh, Russell is doing around at the moment talking about It's a Sin, his very good new TV series. Um, and in an interview with Paul Kirkley, uh, who interviewed him for Waitrose Weekend, but he's also written for Doctor Who magazine and RadioTimes.com. Uh, he basically talked a bit about his time running Doctor Who when they had all these different shows, the spin-offs, Torchwood, Sarah Jane Adventures. He said, I was in the middle of running an empire and my God, I did that 10 years too soon, didn't I? There should be a Doctor Who channel now. You look at those Disney announcements of all those new Star Wars and Marvel shows, you think we should be sitting here announcing the Nyssa Adventures or the return of Donna Noble. And you should have the 10th and 11th Doctors together in a 10-part series, genuinely. And then he added, you laugh, but did Star Trek fans ever think they'd be getting a Captain Pike series ever? That's insane. The whole science fiction world is so creative and so money-making right now. I think your wildest dreams can come true. So this is quite interesting. We just had a bit of attention um, when the story ran uh, a week or two ago, and we thought it was worth picking up because, I mean, Morgan, you're sitting in front of the BBC. You've got your portfolio of uh, Doctor Who shows. I'm putting you on the spot, but mm. what are you, what are you going to pitch? Um, I feel like I'll get in trouble if I don't say Torchwood, Torchwood revival. I mean, yeah. there's obviously uh, they did the Clone the... Wars on Disney Plus, so it, there's a precedent, you know, like of, of they... all the shows that had a different format. It's it's interesting, isn't it? This idea of of, of Doctor Who spin-offs and whether there could be a, a, a shared universe built around Doctor Who in the way there is now um, Marvel and, and Star Wars. Because at, f at first you think, oh yeah, there's so many um, rich characters in the Doctor Who universe, so many possibilities you could go and routes you could go down. So Torchwood is one, a Torchwood revival. Um, there's never really been um, well, it hasn't been a, a unit. Um, TV series that feels like mm. an obvious route to go down. You, you Big Finish have um, explored <laughs> obligatory mention. Have explored uh, you know that that spin off with um, Osgood and, and Kate Stewart uh, fronting that series. Uh, I think the Master. There's potentially you know some really interesting stuff you could do with a Master solo series because the Master is 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 in in many ways so driven by the Doctor. It feels like a lot of the time the Master's only doing what he's doing or she's doing purely to antagonize um or to engage the doctor so actually it'd be quite interesting to explore who the master is uh away from the doctor but then also you could take the the mandalorian approach of 
setting something in the universe but it doesn't necessarily initially at least involve any established characters and you just use the the sort of the, the, the tropes of the world and the, the established mythology but have a new lead character so i don't know you know a series focusing on a new time lord or something like that i think they're all they're all um viable possibilities definitely i think it's interesting because when you look at Doctor Who, we, we have had spin-offs. It's not a completely random proposition. Like Obviously, we mentioned mm. that the era when Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures was running at the same time. We've had class since then in 2016. Even recently, we've had Daleks, you know, which was a, only a small thing. But that was a spin-off focusing on the Doctor's enemies. And, you know, you mentioned the master thing there. That kind of makes me think of Loki coming up on Disney+. Plus. You know, mm. it's like he's like a villain character, but he's going to be the star of this series. Maybe it is possible. I think the interesting thing with Doctor Who is, like, what characters are we going to follow? Because I think the thing that Torchwood did and Sarah Jane Adventures did was they picked up with popular characters, popular in different ways, like Elizabeth Sladen's obviously been, you know, Doctor Who royalty for a re- had been really for a really long time. And um, whereas John Barrowman had only been, he was kind of buzzy and new and he was part of the kind of new guard of Doctor Who. But both of them are characters who you think, oh, I wonder what they would have gotten up to. And I feel mm-hmm. like possibly, the weirdly, the closest Doctor Who has come to this kind of Disney Plus extended universe thing was when they were thinking of doing um, Rose Tyler, Defender of Earth. Mm. Because that feels very much like a kind of picking up, this character leaves the main series and goes off. And it's the book of Boba Fett, right? <laughs> like It's basically what <laughs> yeah. they've done after they leave the proper main series. And obviously they, did, they didn't do that, um, partly because they thought there was too much going on. Whereas I wonder if it was all happening, you know, 10 years later, like Russell said, maybe that would have happened. Maybe we would have had Billy Piper fronting that series. My one thing is, I mean, and maybe this wouldn't matter, but when you look at like the Star Wars series and stuff, and I am thinking more in terms of the TV shows than films here because it feels like an easier kind of transfer over because obviously it's just slightly mm. different with films. I am thinking like Star Wars has this whole galaxy to play around in, all these different areas you can jump around in. Marvel has a bit of that. You know, it obviously is quite like Earthbound most of the time, but you do have these sort of alien characters and these other things. And Doctor Who also has aliens, but we tend to, all the spin-offs are set on Earth, is what mm. I mean, all the ones we've seen so far. And I'm kind of like, would one, it was always set on Earth with like a largely human cast kind of in one static location. Like they're not kind of these dynamic serialized shows that we see for Disney Plus at the moment. And I do wonder whether, you know, we could have something like that that would work. I don't know, it's really interesting. I think it would just need to be the right idea, right? Like. I'm trying to think of characters who we've seen recently who could have been seeded to be like interesting you know who who would I be like oh wow yeah I'd like to see what they got up to next like mm. no one massively springs to mind in the recent years like I mean weirdly I was sort of like I wonder what Crasco the terrible racist got up to with the dinosaurs <laughs> like but um I don't know that's a, but I can't really think of like I'm not like I'm not that bothered by um you know the the, ast- the astronaut guy from Praxius, like, what did he get up to next? I'm like, I don't really mind. I don't really care. <laughs> Salad man spinoff. No, yeah. I, I, I think you're right in that the 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 choice of of um, lead character and the subject matter is is so important. Um, I always, you know, whether you're you're a fan of that show or not, the thing I always said about class was that it was the the Doctor Who spinoff that nobody asked for. Because as mm. you say, like Elizabeth Sladen was Doctor Who royalty. And so a, a Sarah Jane spinoff made sense. Uh, Captain Jack had been uh, a hugely popular character when he debuted in the main series. No one was asking, I wonder what happens at Coal Hill School when the Doctor's not there. So it was it was kind of off on a, on a weak footing from the off. But I think what they did with Torchwood and Sarah Jane, which was clever, was they didn't, in some ways, they didn't try and replicate 
the Doctor Who audience. Um, Doctor Who has its very clear remit as a family show. Sarah Jane was on CBBC, so it was aimed at a slightly younger audience. Mm. And then Torchwood was BBC Three and was aimed at a slightly older audience. Because I think the thing you need to be um, also really careful of with, with spin-offs is it needs to be, they need to be distinct from the flagship show. Otherwise, what's the point? Otherwise, they, they run the risk of just feeling like Doctor Who without the Doctor. Um, I think a spin-off needs to be sort of tonally and, and structurally structurally different. And I think the advantage that Marvel and Star Wars have, let's not forget, is that they are predominantly, originally uh, cinema franchises, right? So if they deliver more of the same, I don't think it's as much of a problem because if, in and of itself, a Marvel TV show is exciting because it's an offshoot from cinema same with star wars whereas doctor who is already a tv property so just another version of doctor who on tv doesn't quite have that same buzz about it you need it needs to be different to stand out in a way that i don't think um marvel and star wars do so much i think that's a really good point because I, I was trying to i was thinking something similar because with the marvel films for example part of the point of these tv series is that it's more of the same you kind of you want that marvel experience mm. on a small screen the point of marvel is that it delivers in slightly different packages, kind of roughly the same experience over and over again. I don't say that disparagingly, that's part of the model that works. And I think part of the reason that actually with Marvel, even more so than Star Wars, the spin-offs work and the kind of TV universe works because they have so many characters now, like looking at WandaVision, which obviously on at the moment, you know, in Endgame, Avengers Endgame, you know, Elizabeth Olsen gets like four minutes of screen time you know, mm. and she's a character who people like, and she has some good moments in that film, but there's so many characters. In Infinity War, she gets a little bit more, but not much. In WandaVision, she's there like pretty much the whole time getting to do this. And it's the same, every individual Marvel franchise has their characters. Like I always find it quite funny how the Captain America movies, they jump back in with, you know, Sam and, you know, all the people like that, like they'd kind of bring them back. Same with the Iron mm. Man movies, those characters who only appear or pretty much only appear in the Iron Man movies. And now those are over, it's kind of like, where do you put those extra characters? Robert Downey Jr. is gone, but where are you going to put Don Cheadle? You know, is he just going to be in the mm. team ups to say, hey, look over there, you know, for five minutes? So <laughs> no, we give him his own series, Armor Wars, you mm. know, and it's like, what do we do with the Thor cast? Oh, we'll put one of them in, um, you know, WandaVision. Oh, this guy from Ant-Man, he can go in WandaVision as well. What about this person who's going to be in Captain Marvel? Well, we'll seed her in this thing. Like it kind of, it gives them more space. Like it gives fans yeah. more without compromising like the scale of the really big films. Whereas with Doctor Who, it's kind of like you say, it's already one of these shows so it's kind of like you just you need it's, it's a different proposition i think and also like you say building out from the marvel films to uh <laughs> welcome to the radiotimes.com marvel podcast but no it is relevant to what Coming we're soon. talking about in that <laughs> yeah um you know, building out from the marvel movies to uh, into a tv universe is easier because you have all those different films with all those different characters whereas doctor who would everything would have to spring from you know from one from one point the original series which is harder um i think also you need to think about whether um a shared universe and and spin-offs whether they feel like they're expanding the universe which i guess is what you want and and exploring um you know the the wanda character is a really great example where maybe she didn't get as much screen time as uh, her storyline demanded. And so a lot of more of the nuance of that is being explored in, in WandaVision, which there wasn't time for in the kind of the blockbuster uh, fireworks of, of Endgame. Um, you need to think about whether the, the shared universe is expanding the, the world or contracting it. When I read 
there was an interesting article, I think it was on Forbes recently, which was sort of making the argument, I'm not sure I 100% agree, but it was making an interesting argument that um, one division is succeeding where the Mandalorian didn't in the sense of uh, what one division is doing is uh, exploring characters who didn't get as much screen time on the big screen. So it's sort of added value, but also it's expanding the universe in, it's expanding the MCU and that it's bringing in uh, Evan Peters as his version, mm. apparently his version <laughs> at the time of recording, um, his version of Quicksilver from the X-Men movie. So it's kind of taking uh, the MCU down, uh, you know, into new new directions. Um, whereas Mandalorian, at least in its second season, it made that Star Wars universe feel slightly smaller by having our previously sort of isolated hero meet Ahsoka Tano and Luke Skywalker. And it feels like everyone's just around the corner. And um so I think you you need to be careful with that as well because one of the strengths of Doctor Who, um, bringing it back to Doctor Who, one of the strengths of Doctor Who is that it does have such incredible scope and that you can go anywhere and do anything and uh, it's anywhere in space and time, right? So what you don't want is for the Doctor to feel like they're part of um, some slightly smaller shared universe where they keep having to cross over with um, these earthbound characters or even you know, a character in another galaxy, but they keep having to kind of have these these shared adventures. And there's, I don't know, it's, it, it is complicated because like I said, I think the thing to do is to make it feel, the universe feel larger, not smaller. It's tricky as well though, because on the other side of that, you'd be a bit disappointed if a doctor never turns up. You know, like, yeah, that is, I mean, it, it worked for Torchwood, I think, because the Doctor couldn't exist in Torchwood's world. There's too many sex jokes. But um, the Doctor does turn up in Sarah Jane Adventures uh, twice, two different Doctors. Mm. And, um, you know, you do have Torchwood people in Doctor Who and things like that. And so it's kind of like, you like those crossover moments, but I agree with you. Like, I think you kind of couldn't rely on them. And also, you know, Peter Capaldi turns up in class and that's not, I mean, he's fine in it, you know, but it's not like particularly good and it seems weird in hindsight because he basically is like uh yeah these terrible monsters are going to come out i'm going to leave it in the charge of several you know 15 year olds this should be fine <laughs> well that that um you know having just talked about a, a tv show having a very clear tone i think um one of the reasons as you as you mentioned that the and i think russell t davis has even said this that the reason the doctor is not in torchwood is you can't have yes yeah, sex gas monsters and david tennant running around in the middle of it and so i understand why they did it but it always felt odd to me tonally odd that in that first episode of, of class um you had i think it was ram getting his his uh, girlfriend was horribly murdered in quite a sort of visceral fashion and his leg was um was yeah his leg was gone and then suddenly Peter Capaldi's there waving a, um, essentially a magic wand about and going, oh, I'll fix everything. And it just, having a, having a children's hero wander into the midst of this bloody mayhem just felt very, very odd at the time. Um, it was funny as well, because you said like his girlfriend was really quite brutally murdered in front of him and he had the leg chopped off and then the doctor puts the leg on him and he's like, oh, we'll still be able to play football. And he's sort of like, oh, I don't know. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, no, it, 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 no, it didn't, it didn't feel, it didn't feel quite right. <laughs> It's a funny one. I mean, I think actually talking, we keep on coming back to Styles and, and Marvel because that's the thing that uh, Russell Tevis brought up. But I think The Mandalorian is probably a better comparison because obviously the Star Wars films were there, but the way that they're doing this sort of Star Wars project on Disney Plus is starting with one show and then adding to mm. it, if that makes sense. The difference is that they kind of have this kind of, I don't know, I guess this back catalogue. Like, like, for example, Ahsoka is spinning out of The Mandalorian, but it's also spinning out of, you know, Clone Wars and Rebels. And um, Boba Fett is spinning out of The Mandalorian, but it's also spinning out of 
Return of the Jedi, essentially. And then you also have things like the Obi-Wan series, which is obviously coming from the prequels, uh, Cassian Andor's coming from, you know, Rogue One. Um, so I guess with Doctor Who, you have to think, what are we going to go back to? And I'm sort of like, you'd have to do, the only the thing that people would want would be like Paul McGann's eighth Doctor Adventures, but that would mm. be literally the same thing. <laughs> well, this is it. This is it. It's so hard to come up with a good idea for a Doctor Who spinoff that isn't just Doctor Who again. Yeah. Um, and, and the Doctor, I, th I think so, it's not a particularly original observation, but a huge part of what makes Doctor Who work is the Doctor. Yeah. And if, if it's just a show that's a bit like Doctor Who without the Doctor in it, you'll just be wondering when's the Doctor going to show up. But equally, yeah, it would be, as much as I would love to see uh, yeah, a, a mini-series starring Paul McGann, that, would, that is just Doctor Who <laughs> with a different Doctor. But going back, going back to what we were talking about before, I think, I think it's always important that these things grow organically or allow to grow organically, and that they're not. Um, I, th I think the danger is in putting the cart ahead of the horse, if that's um, if that's the correct analogy. Where um, something like, as you say, Mandalorian is started out as one show. I mean, I'm sure they had plans, but it starts off as one show, and then you have more spin-offs emerging from that. Similarly, Marvel started out with Iron Man, and then you have the films that follow, then you build to the Avengers, then you have now this incredible, um, huge franchise that's not only dominating cinemas, but is spreading into, into television as well. Um, where you make the mistake is in uh, launching into this grand plan without first laying that groundwork and allowing these things to build organically. So an example of that is um, Universal's Dark Universe, which we were talking a little bit about before we started recording, which um, they announced a whole slate of films. Uh, I think they even did a, a photo shoot with the mm, yeah. actors who were intended to play the various characters of um, the Invisible Man and, 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 uh, the Bride of Frankenstein and and the Mummy and all these all these different uh, roles and they were like this is it the Dark Universe this is our franchise and then they released one movie in the franchise the Mummy with Tom Cruise it bombed at the box office and that was that was the beginning and end of that in fact the the Wikipedia page for the Mummy describes it as the uh, first and final entry in the Dark Universe franchise which makes no no sense whatsoever so and I think I think DC have have run into similar problems where they've kind of tried to they're kind of limping um, on aren't they they're limping on the, the DC <laughs> but they've, they've tried to I think they tried to um run before they could walk in an attempt mm. to catch up with Marvel um and so they kind of we had one superman movie then suddenly we had batman versus superman with wonder woman and then suddenly you had justice league and it was like it it didn't feel like they'd like they'd earned it in a way so what i'm what i'm saying is again bringing this back to doctor who is if you are going to expand the universe you want to do it because it makes sense uh creatively not just because marvel and star wars mm. are doing something and so doctor who should should follow suit i think sarah jane adventures like torchwood both felt at the time like organic extensions of that revived uh, 2005 series. If you're going to do it now, you want to look and go, which characters, which stories genuinely merit um, more exploration? You watch The Mandalorian, you go, oh, I'd love a Boba Fett spinoff. And sure enough, we're getting one. Great. Like the, it's, it's fan pleasing, but also there is a lot more to do with that character, it feels like. Um, so yeah, Doctor Who shouldn't just do this for the sake of it. If it's going to do it, we need to think, okay, as I say, what are the characters that merit this further exploration? Definitely. Like, I, I think it's a funny one because you see how many people have tried and failed to do this in films. 
like like I said, the DC films are kind of there's still a bit of it going on, but not nearly as much crossover. They're sort of like they're also introducing like alternate Jokers and Batman and stuff now. You know, like it's sort of happening, but sort of not. Um, they I think vaguely the Universal I don't know if it's the Universal one, but you know the like King Kong and Godzilla that's vaguely still happening. You know, um, but I think you're right. I mean, the, the other thing that strikes me is that all Doctor Who spin-offs so far have been a team of people on Earth fights aliens. Like, as in, like, in the Doctor's absence, for, like, mm. as uh, from one location, like, whether it's, you know, Bannerman Road, Sarah Jane's in the attic and they fight aliens, or it's Torture with Erin Cardiff and they fight some aliens, or it's, like, you know, um, Cole Hill and they fight some aliens who come into that location for whatever reason. Like, there's, there's variation within it, but it's all kind of similar. Whereas, you know, you look at, like, Marvel and Star Wars, like all those series are quite different. Like the Mandalorian is about one thing, Ahsoka from what we know about it is about something else. And it's kind of like, because Doctor Who has been going on for such a long time, like considerably longer than, considerably longer than Marvel um, TV, a hell of a lot longer than Star Wars films even, it's like, it's hard to break away from that formula, even in these kind of spin-offs. Like, what is a Doctor Who story that isn't about someone fighting aliens? Like, and are we even interested in that? Are we like interested in, Oh, like here's a parliament on some planet, you know. Like, do we do we care about that? I'm not sure that we do. Like, you watch it for different reasons. I have seen people genuinely suggest uh, Peladon as a kind of like alien uh, political drama. I do think, though, I think, I think that um, that how long Doctor Who has been running and how many characters and potential storylines have presented themselves for further exploration is a, is a strength, not a weakness. And going back to what I was mm. saying before, I think if Doctor Who was to explore this shared universe idea, what it needs to do is to have spin-offs that are quite thematically and structurally different. Yeah. Um, r- rather that, oh, and this, that's not saying anything against Torchwood and Sarah Jane because I love both, both of those shows, but I do think, yeah, does it does a Doctor Who spin-off need to necessarily be about um, our hero who battles alien threats? Just because it's seen that's essentially the premise of Doctor Who, and we've seen that work in the spin-offs. Are there other things you could do? Like, um, One Division is an example where they've taken a slightly more kind of offbeat approach with this sort of faux uh, sitcom format that's that's hiding something else. But also, if you look at uh, you know, we've talked a lot about Marvel and Star Wars, maybe Star Trek. I know there have been Star Trek movies, but Star Trek is maybe a a, a better analogy, actually, mm, because yeah. at the moment, Star Trek is predominantly a small screen uh, franchise um, and they are doing multiple spin-offs. You know, they started the kind of great resurgence with Star Trek Discovery. Um, they, they did Picard, which was sort of tonally quite different. I know they're planning, as Russell T. Davies mentioned, they're planning this Captain Pike spin-off, Strange New Worlds, I believe that's called. And, and they're talking already well. about... Well, yeah, exactly. So they're talking about Strange New Worlds and how that's going to be different to Discovery because they know it has to be. It's going to be more episodic and less less arc-based. So they're like, okay. That's more like Star different. Trek, basically. Well, more like yeah. older Star well, Trek, yeah. It's It kind of scratches that itch. I think Discovery is for people who want Star Trek to um, break out of the tropes and do something new. But it sounds like this is going to be the show for people who hmm. love TOS and want more of that type of thing. And yeah, Below Decks is... I think it was a bit of a risk, but they, you know, it's this animated Star Trek spin-off that's more overtly a comedy. And you start to think, could Doctor Who do something like that? Does it need to be bound by um, the, the, the Doctor Who's own format? Could you do a, a comedy set in the Doctor Who universe? Could you do a something that's... Because again, Doctor Who has... Um, it's quite kind of 
genre loose um it can it can it can there have been episodes that are more overtly comedic there have been episodes that are more horrific so within that could you push a spin-off into more into that direction could you have a doctor who a sitcom based in the doctor who universe could could you make that work could you have a horror series that's based in the doctor who universe could you have a a more earthbound thriller that's based in the doctor who universe i think that's the kind of direction you need to think about is how do you make it thematically and structurally different from Doctor Who and different enough to succeed but also similar enough that it doesn't feel that it's not of a piece with Doctor Who so it is very it's a very hard thing to get right I think definitely I mean the thing I've just been thinking of is I was thinking maybe the way to approach it is to not think what could we spin off from Doctor Who but think what's a good idea for a series and then how could we fit that in with Doctor Who like I'm th- I've been thinking about tv shows I've been watching recently that I've enjoyed or I've heard about that sound quite interesting I was thinking Resident Alien right it's this show that's on um it's on Sky here. I don't know where it is um, in the US. It's Alan Tudyk plays an alien who's undercover in a small town in America. And it's a comedy, kind of a dark comedy where he's trying to maintain his cover and, you know, complete his mission, which is essentially to destroy the world. And I'm like, that could be a Zygon. Do you know what I mean? Like you could do that. Yeah. You could do that series with a Doctor Who alien. I mean, I'm thinking about like Raised by Wolves, which is about these androids, you know, on a planet trying to look after these like uh, embryos and they've got these other people they're facing off with. I'm like, you could make those characters, those sort of Doctor Who, if you could add a Doctor Who element to that, that could be taking place in the Doctor Who universe. And I think if you start to think of it like that, then it suddenly opens it up. And I was like, what if you had like, you know, Rusty the Dalek, you know, what if you had him flying around trying to trying to, trying to do good things or, try, mm. or being like a kind of, you know, weird enforcer like Venom or something uh, was in his Lethal Protector comic. Um, you know, and, I'm, and then if you think of it from that perspective, you sort of start to think, that could work. But I think the key is the, the way that Marvel has succeeded is that you don't need to watch all of them. You, you can just watch the ones you want. Mm. And I think it would have to be that way with this. Like it would have to be a good series that happened to tie into Doctor Who. Like it wouldn't matter if you didn't know what a Zygon was to watch this Zygon undercover series. You know, copyright me, by the way, if anyone's listening. Um, copyright whoever made Zygon Resident. undercover. Yeah, copyright wait. whoever made Resident Alien, to be honest. Um, but yeah, I, I think maybe that's the way to look at it. And yeah, maybe we kind of because we've seen spin-offs that very closely follow a similar model, you know, maybe we've got a bit blind by that. Like I was quite interested in the Daleks, you know, YouTube series because it was coming at things from a different angle. Um, mm. And, you know, obviously that was a very limited project, but it does sort of illustrate that it is a big universe. And if you just sort of think, if you think beyond we're protecting the earth from aliens, which is Doctor Who's Messier, then you suddenly do have these other, I don't know, these other possibilities. Mm. I and like I mentioned earlier the possibility of like a master spin-off and if you were going to do that I think the worst mistake you could make is to have a, a scenario where for whatever reason the master's like oh uh, I don't like these these aliens so now I'm going to work against them and he essentially just becomes a bit more of a you know the doctor but a bit more grumpy yeah that's the worst thing you could do if you were going to do a master series there's loads of routes you could go down. You can make it a sort of more, more of a character piece about, cause mm. the master is like seriously disturbed. I think there's, it could be a, like a really interesting um, show. There's loads of routes you could go down, but with that, as with all these shows, again, the one thing you don't want it to be is just um, diluted Dr. Who. That's, that's the thing you want to most avoid. Definitely. Um, yeah. It's interesting. Cause I, to be honest, I'm sure we are taking a lot of like, meaning and detail from what I'm sure is quite an offhand comment so we should mm. say we don't think that anyone is necessarily we're not poo-pooing any ideas anyone might have for spin-offs but it is an interesting prospect and it's definitely something I think that the BBC must still think about because although Doctor Who you know sometimes the ratings go up and down and sometimes they're a little bit lower it's very it's a very popular show internationally and it has a lot of like commercial 
opportunities. So you feel like they must be interested in expanding the brand. And I did hear, you know, this is in the secret rumor uh, section of the podcast. I did hear a few we're, years ago. We're back in the rumor mill. Hey, we're back in the rumor mill. There's trouble rumor mill. Um, <laughs> and yeah, basically there was a rumor I heard a few years ago that they were planning on doing some spin-offs. This was around the time of Jodie Whittaker's first series. And there was sort of a suggestion that some of the writing team might be developing uh, I, don't, I can't remember how many, but a few spin-offs. One was had a vaguely was for a Chinese market or something. Don't know if that's true. Clearly didn't happen if that was ever a plan. As long as these things are just said, might have just not been true anyway. Whoever told me might have been wrong. But that does sort of interest me because I'm kind of like, we saw with class maybe what seemed like an attempt to kind of just do what they did, you know, about, I don't know, six or seven years before with uh, Torchwood and Sarah Jane Adventures, and it just didn't quite land. And you mm. sort of think, People might be a bit gun shy of doing that again, but Doctor Who as a universe and as a show does have this kind of opportunity. All it's got this huge history, it's got all these characters, all these aliens, just such a long period it's been on TV, so much that it's invented that it barely uses, that it must be a really tempting thing to be like, oh, what if we just use that bit? You know, it's like mm. the thing people always say is that every Doctor Who episode could be someone's movie. You know, like mm. the premise of World Enough and Time could be a movie, a disaster movie. You know, Oxygen could be a sci-fi movie. You know, going back in time and meeting Mary Shelley. Like all these are things that like people kind of throw. I don't want to say they throw them away on Doctor Who, but you know, sometimes you must be a bit like, oh man, this is only going to be on a 45 minute episode. But then because we, we couldn't get a location, it's ruined, you know. Um, yeah. With that in mind, you know, you could think, well, maybe they do turn that into, if not a movie, then a whole other series. Maybe you do go back to some of those premises that were briefly explored and think, you know, what's next for that? And even if not that exactly, but, you know, kind of extending the idea in another way. Mm. No, Doctor Who does burn through story. Like Stephen Moffat has said that when you, you know you've come up with a great idea for a Doctor Who episode, when you say, well, there goes that movie idea. Um <laughs> And 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 frequently it's not just one. You'll you'll ex, you know you'll um, use what would have been uh, a movie idea three times over in Doctor Who. It'll be three great movie ideas in one episode because there's the fast-paced uh, nature of Doctor Who. It does absolutely absolutely burn through story in that way. And I think interesting as well that um, Chris Chibnall recently, when he was talking about uh, the timeless child reveal and how long he'd been planning it, he was saying that part it was part of his initial pitch to the BBC. Hmm that being you know to to expand the universe to in no way limit it to kind of open up all these new possibilities so it does it does feel as as though he and certainly you know presumably he got the job so presumably this idea appeals to the bbc the um we're not saying we don't have any inside scoop here we're not saying there are definitely spin-offs in development but it does feel like there's a hunger to expand the universe um for it to function possibly something a bit more like um marvel or star wars where it is it is a kind of i know people hate these kind of phrases but where it is a bit more of a multimedia franchise um and less based around you know a single tv show because doctor who is that really it's a, it's a huge i know it, uh, currently it's only really represented by one live action tv show but in terms of like the brand it 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 does kind of stand up there with with a marvel or a star wars so in many ways you know, given where we are now it feels odd that it is limited to just the one TV show. It feels like maybe we should be going down um, this this shared universe route. Definitely. I think it feels like, there's, it feels like a kind of moment at the moment, doesn't it? It feels like there's an opportunity to kind of do something mm. interesting. And I am interested, you know, a lot of Doctor Who spin-offs haven't been great. Some have been really fun and have like really, really, you know, good fandoms. And I'm just sort of like, 
if there was ever a time to do it, it feels like it's now. Like, I feel like Doctor Who was slightly ahead of the curve back then. But I feel mm. like now, especially with the BBC's kind of growing interest in on-demand and stuff, I feel like they'd be more keen for it now than they might have even been back then. I mean, I mean, there was at some point, wasn't the story that the BBC thought Torchwood was going to be their ongoing series. It was going to be like, um, you know, I, I don't say the bill, but you know, it was going to be like a, like a hobby <laughs> city, maybe like a long running drama where you maybe more like Taggart, you, where you kind of can just, it just keeps on running as long as you want it to. And Doctor Who was going to stop after about three series. Obviously didn't happen, but you know, I feel like, I feel like there's a, I do feel like there's an interest there. Again, though, we don't have any inside information. It could be that it's just Doctor Who forever and ever, but you never know. But, but no, but that's interesting. That's an interesting point in that if were Doctor Who, the, the, the sort of flagship television series to go off the air at some point, which, you know, eventually it, it will, and then it may well come back again. But, you know, eventually the, the current series will end um, is a way of keeping it in the public eye. And, you know, you could, if you had all these spin-offs, if you had a shared universe, in much the same way as you've seen with um, DC's TV shows. Mm. So you had um, Arrow, which was the, the Green Arrow TV show that started it all. And then it had spin-offs with The Flash and Supergirl and Legends of Tomorrow and all of these different shows. Arrow's now ended, but the the universe still exists and um, that world still exists and all these spin-offs are still on the air, or some of them. So could Doctor Who function in that way? Could Doctor Who be a, a launching pad for all these different shows that are set within the Doctor Who universe? Um, and that's how you kind of push things forward because those shows will still be fresh at a time when you know, it, who's, you know, Doctor Who may reach the end of its kind of creative journey at, you know, so far. Um, is there a point at which Doctor Who stops, but the spin-offs continue? That's something else to consider. Like with the Arrowverse, I guess, like you say, like Arrow is not on anymore, yeah. but the, you know, exactly. Super, Superman and Lois is still, is about to start, you know, like it's kind of, yeah. it's carried on. They're trying to find new names for it now because Arrow is not on anymore. I think actually the Arrowverse or the CW-verse or whatever you call it is probably we probably should have brought up earlier because it probably is the closest analog that we'd have in that it's relatively recent. It was just like, it was one show essentially. I mean, it was, it was mm. kind of, Arrow kind of came off the success of Smallville, I suppose, but you know, Arrow was one show and then they had The Flash and then they kind of had Supergirl and they sort of brought Supergirl in and then they had Legends of Tomorrow and Black Lightning and all this stuff, Stargirl. They have done all this stuff and they're sort of winding some of them back in again now. But yeah, it is. it does prove that it is possible to kind of, via broadcast tv with a streaming element because a lot of those shows mm. are only available on streaming outside of the us it is possible to build that kind of mini universe and then you know you do like the crisis thing where they all cross over and that works too mm. but i think it's harder for doctor who because one thing we haven't touched on is that both the arrowverse and the marvel movies what they have as a as a backdrop as, as source material is decades upon decades of yeah. um of, of comic book source material that shared universe kind of already exists Yes, um, and, and 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 all the MCU is doing, all the Arrowverse is doing, is following the template set by the comics, which already had one comic that then spun off into many comics and then formed a comic shared universe. It's very like if you like in no way to kind of do down the accomplishments of the MCU or the Arrowverse, but it's a very clear path to take. Right, you go if this show is a success, then we'll do another show with this hero, and then another and, and or another film with this hero, and then we'll have all the heroes team up. Like you're just following the path set by the comics, whereas with Doctor Who, there isn't a set path in the same way. It's not clear um, which characters would make um, the best focus for spin-offs. It's not clear what's, what subject matter would work. So it is a bit more of a, of a shot in the dark to do this with Doctor Who. Definitely. And I think that's a good point. Like, even though Doctor Who has, like, books where unusual things happen and characters meet and things like that, it's not quite the same thing. Like, 
in a weird way with Marvel, it was almost more strange for them to have Spider-Man movies that where he couldn't meet the Avengers because he'd always <laughs> yeah. been able to meet the Avengers or the Fantastic Four or whoever before. Like it isn't weird in the context of the films because it kind of makes sense, but the Marvel universe is kind of the natural state of comics. Yeah. Like it's what it's supposed to be. And Doctor Who, you know, has a lot of backstory, but it doesn't have a sort of canon to go to, to refer to. It doesn't have kind of like ideas beyond the ideas that the writers just come up with. Yeah, and it's not a sprawling universe in the same way. It's not dozens upon dozens of characters all meeting dozens and dozens more characters. It's it's the Doctor's journey meeting yeah. various people. And those characters can spin off from the Doctor, but it's always it's not kind of like a sprawling web in this no spider-man joke intended <laughs> but it's it's not kind of like a sprawling web in the same way it's more like a straight line which you could potentially have um spin-offs from but it does it, do, it doesn't doctor who the tv show doesn't function in the same way as a, a comic book multiverse for obvious reasons yeah i bet that in a meeting room somewhere a zoom meeting room there is someone pitching the doctor who disney plus series or equivalent you know saying oh it would work just the same and to them i would refer to this podcast where we've we've really <laughs> we've really laid down some truths about what isn't is impossible but you know I, I would be interested to see what they could do for Doctor Who spin-offs in the future if the show continues as a going concern for you know as long as it seems to be at the moment you'd expect people to try something but it isn't necessarily realistic for for, for us to say oh yeah you know we're going to get uh the <laughs> I was looking at for some reason um what's his name I was thinking of uh Adam you know, from <laughs> from the first series. I don't know why that popped into my head. The Adam Chronicles. I don't think that's going to happen. Um, but yeah, I mean, what do you guys think, our listeners? Um, do you think Doctor Who spin-offs run away? And which characters do you think would make for a good spin-off? If you've got a pitch, uh, send it directly to the BBC, because I mean, you can't accuse us of nicking it. But if you don't want to send it directly to the BBC, please let us know in the comments. Um, yeah, we'll be back next week with more uh, exciting chat in the various sci-fi shows that aren't Doctor Who podcasts, as we're now calling it. Uh, yeah, we've talked about Marvel and DC and, you know, King Kong this week, next week. Uh, you know, I don't know, maybe we'll do... Oh, I'm trying to think of what we do in the shadows. Uh, we could do a bit of Snowpiercer, who knows? Uh, we'll probably talk about Doctor Who again. Uh, what do you think? What do you think, Morgan? A bit of Doctor Who next week? Uh, well, maybe. I mean, we could always just talk about James Bond and how he's clearly secretly a Time Lord and That's is regenerating true. each time and bring that. But no, we should probably... Well, you, you didn't know was James Bond was the spin-off of Doctor Who that we didn't know existed. Doctor Who is, in fact, a spin-off of James Bond. Look, yeah, I mean, uh, James Bond, the film series, started in 62, Doctor Who in 63. Coincidence? I, mean, mm. I We think not. Uh, <laughs> anyway uh thanks so much for listening to this week's episode as i said uh there's always loads of doctor who stuff on radiotimes.com uh so please check that out you can see the original story where russell davis talked about the doctor who cinematic universe if we're calling it that and lots of other fun stuff about the series uh we'll be back soon thanks for listening and goodbye ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. When we feel better, we do better. That simple message is what Feel Better with Tara Styles is all about. We share informative, inspiring, and healing conversations with respected leaders whose work embodies the action of making our world a better place. We also share simple practices based in meditation, Tai Chi, and gentle yoga that are a relief to breathe along with. 
whether you have time to stretch out on the ground or you're busy getting ready for your day. Settle in and enjoy learning something new that will surely support your well-being, inspire your creativity, and help you feel a whole lot better. Acast helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. Acast.com. <laughs>